just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC, where we bring a mix of in-depth Kansas City soccer knowledge and a more casual perspective. I'm Chad Smith, Associate Editor at KCSoccerJournal.com, who's going to try to take you a little more in-depth. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, Big Mama Cool, Sheena Smith, with that more <laughs> casual perspective. Uh, I love that that cracked you up. Sheena, how's it going? Oh, I'm okay. My neck is hurting. Y'all, I like pulled a neck muscle and like at my daughter's soccer game on Friday and my Tylenol or whatever is wearing out. Do you want to explain to everybody how you pulled the <laughs> neck muscle? I mean, it was cold Friday night at the game and I was watching her and shivering and I don't know, I pulled a neck that's muscle. That's the end of the story. You were shivering and that somehow <laughs> injured yourself. What an old person thing to happen. Sheena, I do you know. want to know about your, your wrestling nickname, sporting and the current one, so you got a nickname. Um, it's not a real wrestling nickname name because the real one is big daddy cool but i thought that'd be weird to call you big daddy cool yeah that would be uh i don't care i don't really need to know the background well, okay well it was big daddy cool diesel and you know, i've been finishing re-watching some new gen wwf stuff from back in the day and it's terrible but i really remember liking it as a child so it's funny how it's uh it's aged so poorly it was really really bad i just know any better you know but uh i think that's a fitting tie-in to something that we'll talk about next week sheena's going to her first wrestling show on tuesday more more on that <laughs> later on but uh on today's show sporting kc defeat real salt lake on the road uh we're gonna go over the playoff scenarios because amazingly they are uh, well alive at this point uh we're talking about the kc current winning twice in a week all it took was them getting eliminated from the playoffs which happened before they're friendly for them to remember how to win soccer games and then of course the digital crawl, y'all. But this wouldn't be for the Glory Casey if we didn't do a little extra nonsense before we talk soccer. Shinny, you're saying your neck is hurting, you're feeling old, and you know what I feel like contributed to it, which was after the fact, is uh, we did some some home projects this weekend. Did a little painting outside, did a little lime washing, tore some old shutters off. Look at us, adulting. I also got our Halloween decor out, and I made a cemetery, so... Yeah, I don't think any of that labor helped my neck any. Yeah, that probably didn't help. You know what's funny is I, I was like, oh man, you you laid out all these decorations and there's like inflatables in the yard. And there's like lights strung through the bushes. And usually like I'm in charge of the all outdoor decor stuff, but I wasn't consulted. It, it just happened. I was like, this is amazing. Did you wire it all up? Is it is it ready to be lit up? And she's like, no. So I'm probably going to have to redo everything to make sure cords go the right direction to be able to even connect everything. So it'll be fun. Can't wait to do that after this is over. Yeah, I didn't know where extension cords were, or I may or may not have done it but i think it's gonna look real cool especially the lights in the cemetery it'd be better yeah it'd be better for a uh, fog machine gosh i want to say smog machine but not good but if we had a fog machine that would be really cool yeah we there was a house we saw in our friend's neighborhood that has like a fog machine mixed with what was it like dry ice or something weird i don't know what was going on but it was like pretty epic looking halloween setup ours is is not going to look like that but our great yard looks pretty cool i think you did well thank you appreciate it all right let's talk some soccer so Sporting Kansas City went on the road. They faced Real Salt Lake, and they won a thrilling matchup, uh, unintentionally thrilling matchup, 3-2, to two, uh, only their second road win at Salt Lake in the regular season in 10 years. So what a good time to get it when they were just on the verge of being eliminated. And it was aided very early by Justin Glad for getting the rules of soccer and dragging Eric Tommy down from behind when there was nobody else 
defending the goal. 37 seconds into the game, he got a red card. Uh, 34 seconds is the fastest in the history of MLS. What's funny is the coach for RSL, Pablo Masseroni, he's like, I've never seen something like this ever in a game before. Sheena, I I don't think you knew this because I found this out after you went to sleep last night. He was the coach in the game where the 34-second red card happened, too. So he literally has seen it before. (laughs) That's funny. funny. Was it a long time ago? uh, You know, honestly, I didn't look it up, but it, it couldn't be that terribly long ago if he was the coach then and the coach now well I, that doesn't mean anything but Pablo Mastroni is not a particularly old coach he's been around the league for a while but it's not like he's a like a Bruce Arena type figure Simi Schmidt that's been in the league for its like entire duration when you know well up until recently for for Bruce and Simi died a few years ago but I digress sporting got Wait, the red card can I, can oh, I yeah, digress some more I loved yeah. his green utility jacket like it kind of made him a silver fox to me. I really was digging it. I oh, know. Wow. Silver fox masteroni. Has anybody ever said that before ever? I don't know. Well, the green utility jacket was really working. And it was real Salt Lake branded too. I don't know if you saw yeah. that. Like, there's like a patch across the chest of yeah. the RSL on there. So where's okay. the, the sporting <laughs> Kansas City version of that? Uh you know, I'll put in a, a word with the people I know over at the team and see if they uh, can't get that together for you. I know you do weirdly like camo, which it's like, I feel like we're not, we don't hunt. We're not like, I mean, you're an outdoorsy person, but you don't, you're not going hunting. And no. I just feel like I, I don't understand camo. Like if you're, if you're hunting, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You should, you should have camo and hide yourself from the animals or if you're at war, but like, I don't know, in regular life, I don't, I don't own any camo. I don't need any camo. I have some di- sporting KC <sighs> digital camo from one of the military appreciation nights. That's a pretty sweet Jersey. So I've kind of gotten out of camo, but the green utility wasn't camo. It was just like olive green, and I I really want one of those jackets. Not a Real Salt Lake, but like just a green utility jacket. Yeah, if you brought a Real Salt Lake jacket into this house, I might have no. to ceremonially burn it in the front yard. So, you know. Well, I wouldn't do that anyways. Maybe I do it in the backyard so we don't draw too much attention. Okay. <laughs> So after the red card, uh, it took a few minutes to get everything sorted out. But uh, as Peter Vermees said, thank God for VAR because they did get it right. Sporting kind of stopped playing on the play because it was so obviously a red card occurrence. And RSL went down the field and almost scored. It was it was bananas. I was like, if they score or they give Jake Davis a red card for he kind of had a little bit of a foul or give up a PK, I should say, on the other end. That would have been crazy, but they got it right. Uh, Justin Glad sent off. They're down to 10 men immediately. And then Eric Tommy scores on the ensuing free kick. I loved the announcer. He called it the parting of the Red Sea because RSL, when they jumped to their wall, spread apart just perfectly for the ball to go through. And I had said to Sheena right as the broadcast was happening, it went through, but it almost caught the arm of one of the guys in the wall. And how great would that have been? Because that would have been a, probably a second red card <laughs> inside the first few minutes of the game and a penalty. Well, it has been just crazy. It probably would just been a, a yellow, but you never know. Could have been a red. It was headed towards the goal, and obviously it went into the goal. one nothing SKC just minutes into the game. How good did you feel and how confident were you about the rest of the game based on that hot start? Well, I was really excited to have, you know, the the start be nearly perfect for us. Everything went in our favor. I felt like it would be a game we could win, but then I don't know. I didn't feel super confident either because I feel like when we have really big, big games, we don't always 
come through. And I think just the record of us not winning in Salt Lake for so long, like I think there's something behind like those kinds of stats that like there's a reason for it. Probably the altitude is maybe the reason. But yeah, I, I, I felt good at the beginning of the game that definitely towards the end of the game, I wasn't as confident. Yeah, honestly, I, I probably got a little overconfident to the point where I told you I'm like struggling to stay engaged with the game because there's no reason they should lose this. And I just kept kind of getting distracted by Twitter and looking at other things. And I had to go back. I watched some of it again after you fell asleep. Shocking. I know that I would do such a weird thing in the middle of the night. I was up to like 2 a.m. Classic Chad nonsense over here. But so sporting's up early. Then things get even better for sporting because not only did RSL have to make a sub right there because they took a center back off, but they had to make another sub just a little bit later when their star striker, who they paid, I want to say like six million bucks for this summer to get him back out of Mexico, former LAFC man Chicho Arango, uh, he got hurt. He crashed into Robbie Volitor and actually it should have been a foul, frankly, but it wasn't called. And then he gets hurt and he leaves the game. And it, it kind of looked bad the way he was down and he was like kind of had his jersey over his face. He, obviously, he leaves this game. They burn two subs in the first half and they're down a man. You never want to go through that. But then that could really hurt. Real Salt Lake's playoff chances. I don't I don't want to root for anybody to get injured, but at the same time, now that he is injured, I'm kind of like, well, if it screws RSL, I don't feel too bad about it because they were the team I always hated the most before St. Louis came into the league and, and claimed the top spot in my, my hate rankings. See, and I felt really bad maybe because his face was covered. To me, it's like when you see that, like I never root for people to get injured, but you know, if it's somebody on an opposing team and... I'm not always like, oh, that's a bummer. I felt really bad for him, maybe because I know he's he's a superstar and his team could have really used him last night. It was to our benefit that he was injured, but just anytime a player puts like their face under their jersey, like to me, it seems pretty serious. And I had a little bit of empathy for him. That's understandable. And honestly, at that moment, that's when I started to get kind of annoyed with sporting because he was off the field for, I'd say, one to two minutes before they made a sub. So it was 11 versus nine for sporting KC during that time. And they were just casually passing the ball around, not even really trying to do anything. Jake Davis tried to do a cross that ended up, you know, nothing really came of it. And it got cycled back around and sporting kept the ball. But the fact that they're just sitting around and like not attacking, I was like, this is put this game away. Uh, the, the phrase I used on Twitter was I was like, put your foot on RSL's throat and go win this game because you need to win. And at one nothing, it's just dodgy. And I think Johnny Russell probably was read my tweets. Probably somebody yelled him out on the sidelines or something because <laughs> immediately after I started saying this, then Sporting got going a little bit. There was this a really beautiful through ball from Eric Tommy to Logan Ndembe who cuts all the way down to the end line, cuts the ball, chops the ball back into what we call that man city zone, those cutbacks from the end line. And Johnny Russell just places it perfectly to the far post, Sporting up 2 nothing at that point. Were you feeling pretty good? Yes and no. I think, you know, when they RSL was down two players before they made that sub and they weren't like sporting wasn't pressing them, it gave me some like I was a little concerned on how hard they would be pressing the whole game because really in my professional opinion, which obviously I'm a professional here and I know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I don't. Chad's like laughing. But I feel like they should keep playing hard. Like they 
they had to win last night. I don't think uh, Real Salt Lake was in a situation that they needed to win the game. So we weren't playing like we needed to win. And when I see that and I don't feel like efforts being given, to me, those feel like the easiest games to end up losing or drawing on. So, I mean, I was happy there was a second goal because that gave us a larger buffer considering they hadn't scored. But all it took was one goal, which eventually Real Salt Lake got a goal and they were right back into the game. So I was happy there was a second goal, but I wasn't feeling super confident just based on how they were playing. They weren't playing great. They weren't even playing like they wanted to win. They were they seem tired and I get there's, you know, they were in Salt Lake City and the altitude and all that. But I, I don't know. I just wasn't overly impressed. Yeah, I would say the first half I thought sporting really dominated, but they failed to really put their stamp on it and put this thing away. Being up to nothing should be good enough, right, when you're up a man. But turns out it wouldn't have been good enough. So they go into halftime, they come out. RSL honestly is playing the pants off of Sporting KC in the second half. I remember I was like, again, I was kind of tuned out. Like I was making food for the kid and doing random stuff and running around and like watching, but not fully engaged at every second because it's, I was like, this game should be over. It should be out of hand. Kind of the same thing with the current, right? They, they kept scoring all these goals and they were up by so much. And we'll get to that one here in a bit, but you just you can't trust them and you couldn't trust sporting either. Thankfully, Sporting KC earned a third goal. Logan and Denbe, he was really on one last night. He had a heck of a game because he had the assist that led to the second goal and then he had the the run, the attack into the box where he takes an elbow or kind of a forearm to the face and draws a penalty kick and then Alan Polito does not finish the penalty but he cleans up the rebound on his save PK and puts it in. Sporting's up 3 nothing. At that point, I was probably overly confident. Maybe sporting were overly confident too. Uh, Sheena, now you keep saying you were nervous. Did the nerves go away when they were up 3 nothing? Did you feel like it was really over? Or is the hindsight of knowing how this game turned out affecting the way you look at it? I mean, I felt pretty good when it was 3 nothing, and we were winning by 3. The other thing you didn't talk about was at halftime, there was a few subs. So Danny Rosero came out and Castellanos came in. So that was a little uncertainty. We also didn't have Fontas starting the game. Um, Robert Volodaire started. So that back line had me a little nervous just because they ha- haven't played in a while. So that I- it's I, a really young back line when you factor yeah. in Davis and Ndembe are back there with those two. And and I think Valder's like 22 and Costello is maybe 24, 25. He's not particularly old, but he's got like almost no MLS experience. Yeah. So when that change came, I was a little nervous just because we haven't seen either Valadere or Castellanos in a while. So I wasn't sure how that was going to work out. Thankfully, it worked out fine. And then Remy came on. I don't know who he came, who came off. Was it Eric Tommy? It was R- Radoya. So Remy came out after Radoya because Radoya picked up that kind of soft yellow card. That's uh, right. Late in the first half. I think it was for time wasting. I didn't actually go back and look at the official scoring, but it's a weird play because I thought Radoya had been fouled, but then Ted Uncle pointed the other way, but it was behind Radoya's back. So he goes and picks the ball up, I think, to set it up for a free kick and then gets a yellow for picking up the ball. It, feel, it felt weird. felt like a weird miscommunication. Ted Uncle. Thank goodness he didn't screw sporting on the night. Thankfully, he didn't. But yeah, going back to your initial question, I did feel good with 3-0, but I did have some concerns because of the back line. And but, you know, I will say this before we get into Real Salt Lake scoring. 
overall, I thought Castellanos, he did pretty good from a casual perspective. You could probably prove me wrong. But at least in the air, he was hitting everything kind of like Danny Rosero does. So in that sense, it felt like a good like for like anything outside of like the headers. I don't know. Yeah, no, I will agree that he headed a lot of balls clear and he was up getting to a lot of a lot of plays, clearances, interceptions, stuff like that. But I don't know that we can say he played good because of what happened at that point. So there's the there's the counterattack where RSL before Sporting had scored the third goal where Tamilia comes up and makes a really big save. It kind of goes off. We thought it went off his face at first, but I think it went off went off his shoulder. And then or that might have been after the goal because I don't know if that's the one that led to the first goal for RSL. Oh, my timeline's all screwed up. But Vera hit a goal of the week for sure goal of the year candidate shot oh, yeah. way outside the box. I, I saw uh, Zach Cobb, he tweeted, and it was like exactly what I was feeling in the moment. He said, I'm not even mad about it. It's such a good goal. And I was kind of thinking the yeah. same thing. I was like, well, it's 3-1. We got a nice cushion. I'm, I'm not mad about it uh, because it's really nice. Nothing really anybody could do to save it except for just, you know, possess the ball or clear it further. I don't know. So anyways, they, they score, and then they scored again on a, a really soft second goal where Castellanos is way up the field to kind of pick apart your he did so great. Uh, I just said in the air, in all fairness, I just said in the air he did good. I didn't, I wasn't sure about anything else except for in the air. Yeah, so his his positioning seems to be off. And then Jake Davis, actually, who we love on this podcast, and I'm all for him getting the minutes. He had a moment where he was just a little lazy getting back to set his line. And that's what kept RSL on side. They score a second. It's now a 3-2 game, and I was, a little part of me was like, I kind of hope they screw this up, and they get the draw, and then they are eliminated, or essentially eliminated from the playoffs, because they don't deserve to win if they cannot win when they're up 3 nothing up a man. That's insane to me, and this team is so good at possessing the ball, and all they were doing was these terrible clearances, these like half clearances to nobody, and just putting everybody behind the ball defending. I was like, Keep the ball. You have more players than RSL. How can you not keep the ball? I it was really, really frustrating to watch. And I, I don't even know that I was really nervous because I was like, if they screwed up, they screwed up and they deserve not to win. You know what really irked me though? So obviously they hold on and they win. And we'll talk about some other moments in the game. But after the game, I tried to ask Peter about it, saying, Hey, it was pretty chaotic there at the end. You know, what are your thoughts on the way your team closed out the game? And he gave this answer that was essentially like he's happy they won and he didn't he didn't really have anything negative to say about how it was closed out and i don't know if behind closed doors it's going to be a different situation and he just didn't want to throw his guys under the bus in front of the media there in the post game press conference but i i didn't like the answer to, to going back to your point last week where you're kind of mad about Vermees not being more fired up i don't know that i wanted him fired up but i wanted him to at least admit we got to do better there. We got to possess the ball. We're a possession team. We couldn't possess the ball up a man. I think it does go back to the altitude a little bit, but that's a bad excuse. You have extra players. Like, what do you, you made all your subs and they made all their subs and they have less people. Like, what what are you doing, Sporting Kansas City? That it really irked me, and I thought they're not gonna. This is a team that's gonna get knocked out of the playoffs, right? Maybe they sneak out of the first round if they if they make it in at all. Which we'll talk about those scenarios. But it didn't it didn't instill any confidence in me for sure. Well, going back to the first goal, I was really impressed with that goal. Like there was no nobody was gonna be able to stop that. Like Timilio went the right way. He it was just perfect positioning. So 
definitely going to be the goal of the week. And then when the second goal happened, I was like, we're going to find a way to screw this up because nobody was, I just feel like the last few games, there's no passion with this team. Like they're playing, they're on a roller coaster. They win one, they lose one, they win one, they lose one. And it it's the reason they're not going to, if they even make it to the playoffs, they're not going to make it very far because it's so inconsistent. And I just don't feel that passion. Like, I think we talk every game. There's a few people who hustle the whole game, like you, Jake Davis, Logan and Dembe. Usually you can put Remy in there. But that even if you're hustling, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily passionate. I think passion is usually at least most of the team. And they really struggled when, especially when it came, like RSL scored again, they really weren't pressing hard. And I even think I tweeted like going into stoppage time or pretty close to the game ending, like they're going to find a way to screw this up and give up another goal. And thankfully that didn't happen. But there is also a part of me that is with you, Chad, where I kind of just want them to get eliminated and we can call it a day on this season. Like at this point, nothing good uh, is going to come out of this season. Like if we're even lucky enough to get into the playoffs, they're not going to make it far. They're too inconsistent with their playing. And one thing that really bothered me is that I would have liked to have seen Roger Espinoza out there because he is a hustler and he could have came in for like Gutierrez is who I was thinking, you know, just someone to run around and cause some chaos. And he's a pretty passionate player. And maybe that would have sparked some life into some of the other players on the team. Uh, I understand the altitude issue, but like that can't be an excuse. It wasn't like it was, I don't think it was super hot there. I guess I don't know what the temperature was, but they didn't have to take a hydration break. So to me, it couldn't have been too bad. And so I, yeah, I just was like, this is a weird ending. And then it goes back to when you talk to Peter in the press conference, like being okay with this situation, like there should not be a scenario when chaos ensues at the end of the game. And your team is only up by one goal and you shouldn't be okay with all this. Like, I don't feel like they played their hardest. It, it, it felt like a team that thought they were going to win for sure. And they really let their foot off the gas and yeah. you want to see it be clinical. Uh, goal differential is a tiebreaker in MLS, like in the standings. I don't think it's going to matter having looked at the standings and having had people smarter than me look at the standings. It, it looks like the wins tiebreaker is going to be the most important thing. So it probably won't matter, but it still kind of annoyed me. And it kind of told me, like, I don't know if they're capable of of doing it when they need to do it. It was it was a weird game. Uh, I do want to talk about one more thing that happened in the game, like right towards the very, very end. Uh, by the way, I did look it up, and it was a time-wasting yellow on Rodoya and on Tamilia, which we were like, man, he's wasting time in the 10th minute. What is he thinking? He didn't get a time-wasting yellow, by the way, until the 92nd minute. So, Which is crazy. Wow. He, he deserved one way <sighs> earlier in the game. If I were a real Salt Lake fan, I would be pissed off that it took so long for Tamilia to get a yellow. Yeah, I agree. And we we were saying it. I'm like, I'm I'm biased towards sporting, and I cannot believe they're getting away with the time wasting that that Amelia is doing. I saw a um, women's super league. Get, well, I didn't watch the game. I just saw the highlight where a girl got a, a second yellow for time wasting for taking like twenty some seconds for taking a free kick for Manchester City, I think it was, and she was sent off. So I was like, that that would be Sporting's luck is to get Melia sent off right before decision day, and then he's not available in the last game of the season, or it allows RSL to come back and in their in their season. But that would be 
I don't know that MLS has ever done it. I can think of one time where a guy like kicked the ball away and it's like, you have to give it like, it's so obvious, but not the ones where it's like, you're just taking too long to take a kick. You know, that's just the, the cynical dark arts of soccer sometimes. Okay. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was the mess right towards the end of the game. Do you remember the sequence, Sheena, where uh, Sporting looked like they scored? Looked like they're up 4-2. to two. Uh, Willie Agata gets sent a ball from Gadi Kinda. He plays a nice pass to Marinos Janis, who would come in for Johnny Russell, and he scores. It looks like they're up 4-2, but the flag goes up offside. They never show a replay, but I went back and screen captured the moment where they're saying Agata's offside, and it's really close. It's kind of hard to tell, but then they never show a replay because right after that, the ball gets put out, and Marinos Johnny's goes and picks it up. Speaking of time wasting, he's definitely wasting time. And Zach McMath, the goalkeeper for Salt Lake, comes over and just decks him like two handed shove. Kind of got him in like the chest, neck, maybe a little bit of the face. You can't tell from the two angles of the replay that they show. And he gets knocked down. Then Vera, the guy who scored the first goal for Salt Lake, he's like trying to pick up Johnny. So he's like grabbing him and trying to pick him up off the ground when he's down grabbing his face. And then Ted Uncle does, he gives a yellow because he, you know, McMath assaulted the guy. But they, they restart play immediately. So they never look at the potential offside call. They never look at the potential red card for violent conduct for hands to the face. Uh, it would have been wild if Sporting had no red cards all season from the other team and then got two in the same game from RSL. But RSL goes down and gets another free kick opportunity off of it. And then, you know, thankfully they, they didn't score or maybe not thankfully, depending on how you look at things. I, I feel bad saying I, I kind of hope Sporting doesn't do well, but as it's I want them to win. I want them to win. I just don't think that this team is necessarily capable, but man, you never know. Anything's possible if they get into the playoffs. Any thoughts about any of that madness at the end of the game before, uh, before we kind of move on and talk about other stuff? Yeah, it was just kind of crazy, that sequence of how Ndem- – was it Ndembe? Yeah, that he was kind of handled. Johnny's guy. Or Johnny's, Johnny's yeah. Johnny's, yeah. Uh, I – I was just kind of surprised, but I feel like these teams have played physical in the past. And once they were down a man, I was like, this could get really physical and really ugly because their Real Salt Lake is going to have to do something to stay in the game. And I feel like in those cases, a lot of the times teams go physical and it could just be like pent up aggression over the situation. So it, yeah, it it was a win, but there's a part of me where I just I'm like I'm ready for this to be over with, this roller coaster of a season. And I hate saying that cuz I love watching the team and stuff, but they toy with my emotions too much this season and I'm kind of over it. So, yeah, yeah. it's understandable. <laughs> it, it it is draining and it's exhausting and I think that uh it's wild that they're still alive. It's a flaw yeah. for Major League Soccer. They, sh- they shouldn't be alive. The fact that you're going to let nine teams into the playoffs, or whatever we're calling this play-in game, I don't know, that might not officially be the playoffs, but it, it gives... I was having this argument with my colleague over at the KC Soccer General, Cody, and he was saying, if they get in, it's not like it justifies anything. And my argument was, you were not going to hear you know, years from now, oh, Sporting barely made the playoffs if if they do sneak in. You're going to say, oh, they made the playoffs 11 out of the last 13 years or, you know, whatever that number is. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but they'll have missed in 22 and 2019. And if they don't miss in 2023, they won't talk about how they just snuck in, just like how they don't talk about them just sneaking in in 14, 15 seasons like that, where they were one of the lower seeds that got into the playoffs. They just say, 
they made the playoffs. And now that you're letting so many teams make the playoffs, it, it devalues the play. It devalues the regular season, frankly, because what's the point of the regular season? If a team cannot win for 10 games and still ultimately get into the playoffs, which they a hundred percent could, depending on how things play out. And had they stole a point here or there in some of their other games that they botched during this stretch run, they could be in great position to be in the playoffs. So that they are very alive and you know this feels like a good transition point do you want to talk about what they got to do on decision day to get into the playoffs yeah let's go over it all right so sporting kc don't play again for two weeks they have a weekend off essentially it's their bye week because there's an unbalanced schedule in mls and somebody had to be off that's a dc united are already done playing games they're out of games entirely how weird is that their coaches are that is weird Wayne Rooney. They have two weeks to go and they won't play anymore. They are above the playoff line right now, DC United, but they've already been eliminated because they're, they won't, the, the teams below them are guaranteed to get a certain amount of points and they're only, I think they're level on points with the team, so they're going to get passed by default based on some of these other results. Anyway, you don't care about DC United. You care about Sporting KC. Sporting KC First off, they don't necessarily need to win. They could technically get in with some other combination of nonsense, but their best chance to get in is they need to win. Well, I just said they don't need to, and then I said they need to. That's confusing. <laughs> so they need to beat Minnesota United, and then they could finish as high as seventh place, depending on how the rest of these results go. Um, they're one spot behind a couple of teams right now. They're they're in 10th, and then they, they're chasing Dallas, San Jose, and Portland, and they can pass them all if those teams falter. So Dallas plays twice. They cannot win either of their games for Sporting to pass them. San Jose uh, need to, quote, fail to win at Austin. These are from uh, my colleague Mike Kuhn, by the way, at Down the Byline. Follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. Uh, and, or, or Portland fails to win against Austin. So if San Jose were to get a draw against Austin, I'm sorry, Portland were to get a draw or a loss against Houston and Sporting win, they would pass both of those teams. So it, it's so close in the standings right now that even though they're out, you know, outside looking in in 10th place, they're just one point behind Dallas. But again, Dallas has two games. So the likelihood is that they they'll pick up some points. You never know. Uh, they are two points behind both Portland and San Jose. So if they win, they can leap them. Uh, if they were, if Dallas were to lose both of their games that coming up, Sporting were to get a draw, I think they would pass them because they have more wins than Dallas. But I don't know. Actually, let me just tell you really quick who Dallas play. Yeah, Dallas play Colorado and the LA Galaxy both eliminated. So it seems unlikely that they wouldn't pick up some points in those games. But you know, they aren't playing amazing down the stretch. I mean, the f the fact that teams like this that are faltering and stumbling all over themselves, but multiple ones of them are going to get into the playoffs, it just shows you how broken the system is. Who really wants to watch these teams play? Let's watch the teams that have a lot more points. But it is really, really tight. Sporting are tied, actually, with Minnesota United, who can also do some of this leapfrogging. Minnesota have less wins, though. They only have 10 to Sporting's 11. So that's why Sporting are ahead of them, and they'll play them on decision day. So that's going to be a very... Very critical game in the final standings when everything comes down. So what do you think, Sheena? It, will Sporting win, first off? They've beat Minnesota twice this season, uh, but they fired their coach. So Minnesota could be a different team now. They crushed uh, whoever they played the other day. They won like 4-1. to one. Oh, my God, it was brutal. They beat, uh, oh, I'm sorry, 5-2 to two over the LA Galaxy. Do you think Sporting will win? And then do you think one of those other three scenarios will go right for them? 
to get into the playoffs? I don't know. Those scenarios gave me a headache. Like I need to see it written down to follow all the scenarios. Okay. I'm not I a visual. Yeah. Let, let me say it one more time really quick. Sporting, If Sporting win and either Dallas doesn't win any games, San Jose either wins or ties against Austin or Portland I'm sorry, loses or ties against Austin or Portland loses or ties against Houston. So basically they fa- fail to win. They don't win their games and Dallas wins none of their games. Then Sporting can leave them. I don't know. I think the last game against Minnesota United is at home. It's the last game of the yep. season. I think that goes in Sporting's favor and I'll be there. So they better not let me down. But if they do, Have I'm you also... seen them win a game this year? Oh, yeah, I we went don't. together to a win. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I didn't see them at the beginning of the year. I'm trying to think last year on decision day, I was at that game. I, I can't remember if we won or not, but I... I don't know. I just, if we're not going to go all the way, just put me out of my misery sooner than later, I guess is my thought on this. <laughs> Well, they won't be putting you out of your misery until the very last <laughs> moment, potentially, unless they unless they get blown out by Minnesota at home, because if they're losing, Minnesota will pass them. So they cannot yeah. lose. They have to at least tie. But the tying scenarios get really cool. Yeah, you saw it. Get it the feels math gets overly, crazy. Yeah, it's overly complicated for these last well, few we'll teams know. to get in and when the last few teams getting in aren't that good. I don't know. <laughs> right, exactly. All, all this complicated math just to have to face St. Louis who are going to, you know, they've already locked up their first place finish. So if Sporting were to get in and they finish eighth or ninth and win that game, then they'll play at St. Louis for, you know, up to two games in a three game series, depending on how those results shake out. So, but if they get up to seventh, then they'll play whoever end up, ends up finishing second, which is not, not like a, a great, consolation prize but it's either lafc or the seattle sounders are going to finish second it looks like based on the way the standings are playing out right now and sporting have gone on the road and hung against those teams before so it's not i'd actually feel better about them playing those two than i would against st louis even though (laughs) that all the st louis if if any st louis people are hate listing they're like oh they're afraid (sighs) of us uh yeah, St. Louis plays yeah. better than Sporting right now. I don't I don't want to play them, but I just hope they get bounced by whatever team is the eighth, ninth seed, you know, that advances. I think that'd be hilarious to see them get sent out by clearly an inferior team because their their luck finally runs out. But if it's Sporting, I'm not confident that Sporting is going to be the team to do that. I hope I'm wrong. I love this team. I want them to win their games, but it's been a very frustrating season and you shouldn't be able to get into the playoffs with a record this bad. I mean, Sporting have 14 losses, 14 losses and 11 wins. That shouldn't be good enough to get you in the playoffs. I also think that I don't want to see, like if there's a scenario we even make it into the playoffs and if we're going to St. Louis, like we're not going to win. And I'm with you. We have a better chance going to LAFC or Seattle. But so far this season, I think playing in St. Louis, St. Louis has scored eight goals on us to our one that they, we scored in yes, the last at game. St. Louis. That's correct. So, hey, hey, good math. Nobody on can get mad at you for your bad I math know. this week. Well, I had to think about how much I screwed it up on Twitter to get it right this time. But yeah, I mean, eight eight goals to one. I don't have a lot of faith if we had to go into St. Louis. But you know, also they say in every sport, 
it's kind of a start like a do over and playoff. So if you get hot at the right time, then it doesn't matter what your record was in the regular season. However, I would also say we're not playing very hot right now. We I think honestly, we lucked into a win. If the red card hadn't been called and we were playing like they had all their players, who's to say we would have won? I don't know. So pretty confident that Sporting would not have won had they not gotten yeah. a red card because they barely won with the red card for yeah, 89 I mean, minutes. That's crazy, right? Um, we kind of yeah, lucked into that. That was only their third road, Sporting's third road win of the entire season. So the fact that they're such a low seed, no matter what, if they sneak into the playoffs, which is now much more likely than it was just coming into the weekend, a lot, all the results really went Sporting's way. So to the fact that you have three teams that could potentially screw up, and if you win and one of those three teams screws up, you move in, and if all three of them screw up, you jump way up the table, that's that's kind of crazy. It's bananas, and they could really benefit from that, but they'd still be the road team throughout the playoffs. They'd get one home playoff game if they advance out of that eight versus nine game, assuming they end up in that eight versus nine game. And then outside of that, they'd be on the road pretty much the rest of the way unless some really lowly seated Eastern Conference team makes a bunch of upsets and we got MLS Cup at home because whoever their ninth seed was had less points than Sporting as the ninth seed, which again, none of that's going to happen. Statistically, it's incredibly unlikely, but you never know. Like you said, slates are clean. Anybody can go on a run. Anybody can get hot. And if you look at Sporting's uh, results over the recent weeks, it's kind of win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. But you string a couple more of those wins together and who knows? Who knows? I guess the game um, against Minnesota United is going to determine everything. Everything because if they win, then we have two wins in a row under our belt. But still, I don't know. There's been other seasons where I'm like, oh, they're hot. They're gonna get far. I don't. I don't feel overly confident in what I'm seeing. Why would you? Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel done talking about them, though. All right, perfect. That was the great transition <laughs> point I was looking for. Let's. This is typically where we would take a break in the show, and I noticed last week there was no break, and it's because Spotify pulled our ads. Oh, sad face. So we're not getting our many pennies that we would get <laughs> per listen uh, over this last almost. We've almost been doing this for a year, Sheena. Isn't that crazy? Starting November of last year. So that is no no more ads. So that's a positive thing. Unless somebody wants to sponsor. Us. I would definitely take your sponsorship money. Reach out to me at Play oh my for on Twitter. No, <laughs> if you're gonna <laughs> donate money, don't 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 donate it to us. Donate it to a cause that actually needs money. Okay, well, as Sheena says that, I'm gonna say one more thing really quick, <laughs> and it's it's gonna make her uncomfortable, but we're gonna do it anyways. So Spotify did do this thing. I think they're calling it like tip jar subscriptions or something like that. So I turned it on for our podcast. Don't. Like Sheena said, don't feel like you got to give us money. We do this because we love this. We are not begging for your dollars. We're not poor. We're not struggling. But if you happen to be like a really rich soccer fan that is listening <laughs> to this podcast, you're like, you know what? I would like to give those guys some money. I'm going to put the link in the description of the podcast that you can click on and give us money. But again, for the rest of you that are just like normal people like us, don't don't feel the need. Like we we have a good life. We have, you know, a nice house and, you know, we're... 
well, I always say to Sheena, we're firmly middle class. We're 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 not poor. We're not struggling. We don't want to take people's money, but that's about that's essentially the ad read for this week. So to and now that Sheena's incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, do you want to add something, Sheena? I was gonna just say if you're feeling like you need a tip jar us, tip jar a charity that actually needs it, because we are not charity over here. You actually my middle name is charity. You didn't know Chad Charity Smith? You didn't know that? No, it's not. It's Cameron. Don't okay. even start. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh, I just thought it'd be funny. Well, you know it how people wasn't. always make those you... easy jokes about like, I'm going to give to charity. I'm like, oh, charity is my middle name. <laughs> you can give it to me. Uh, oh I digress. my gosh. I'll stop being cheesy dad jokes over here. Let's talk about the Kansas City Current. So the Kansas City Current were officially eliminated from the playoffs before the midweek game happened with Monterey, the useless friendly. It ended up being less useless, right? Uh, no one went to it. The attendance was incredibly low. I was in this, uh, the press box, but the stands were very, very empty. Despite how empty they were, there was a decent amount of noise from the people that were there. Very empty, contrasting this weekend's game where they broke a record. So I'm going to keep the Monterey talk short. Uh, they absolutely dominated the game. Somehow they only scored one time, which was crazy because they had so many chances. Uh, Liga MX Feminal, the, the the women's league in, in Mexico, not nearly on the level of the National Women's Soccer League. And you could tell they were just running roughshod over them the whole game. They made nine subs in the game. Only uh, the goalkeeper Cassie Miller and Ryland Childers played the whole 90 minutes. Everybody else was subbed off at one point or another. Sporting the KC Current, as they're calling them, KC Barcelona, uh, they scored a beautiful goal where just about everybody on the team seemed to get a touch. Just yeah, that's that's an exaggeration, but a lot of beautiful passing that led to the goal. Chardonnay Current got her first professional goal. She put it in. She was really just in the right spot. The work had been done by all the beautiful passing to tear apart the Monterey defense and they would win on that one nothing goal Sheena I, I think I told you uh, that I got to talk to Chardonnay and Ryland Childers after the game in the post-game press conference and Chardonnay was so sad like she said something to the effect of I'm, I'm getting too much credit everybody else did the work I was just in the right place I was where I need to be which there's something in soccer to making the run and being where you're supposed to be and she was down on her performance uh, I did actually think she kind of had a bad game she had a bunch of missed passes and bad touches and like a dodgy shot before that and it was weird because I didn't I didn't have any questions to ask her and she did not want to be there so it was a it was a little uncomfortable but I'm happy for Chardonnay getting her first professional goal and I was thinking about this might be one of the last times she plays. At, with the Casey Current, because they're going to make some roster changes in the offseason, which we'll have to talk about. Sheena, I know you didn't get to watch the Monterey game. Anything to talk about before we talk about the game you did watch? Let's just talk about the game I did watch. Oh, actually, I want to sneak in one other thing really quick. Oh, Ryland okay. Childers, she played all 90 minutes, like I mentioned, against Monterey. And she got to talk to us after the game, and she was so happy to be there. So I felt happy for her. She went to mm -hmm. KU, University of Kansas, and she was drafted in the fourth round this season. She hasn't gotten a ton of minutes this year, hasn't gotten into a ton of games. I thought she played really well. Now, granted, it's against the lower-level opposition here, but it looked really good. And then she was just talking about how, you know, how nice it was to get to play in front of friends and family family and then kids that she's grown up coaching. So she's been like a youth coach before. And then some of those kids getting to come to the game, which I thought was very uh, charming and uh, heartwarming. And congrats to Ryland for, for a good performance. All right. Let's talk about the Chicago Red Star game. And man, what a game it was. Sporting, I did it again. KC Current won 6-3. to three. They had, broke the attendance record. It was a wild night. 
It had 15,671 fans in attendance, and that's an attendance record that is going to stand for a long, long time for The Current because they are moving to their new stadium kind of right off the edge of downtown in the Berkeley Riverfront, only holds 11,500 people. So 15,671. Congrats, honestly, to Kansas City as a city yeah. for coming out and supporting this team, even though this they were eliminated from the playoffs. The game really didn't matter. All it did was eliminate Chicago from the playoffs as well. But any thoughts on the attendance or just like opening themes to talk about from the game? Well, I think it's really cool that they broke the attendance record given their record and that they were eliminated from the playoffs because it's, I mean, it's not super expensive to attend one of their games, but it. Also, to well, me, it's like it might be next year. Well, it might be next year. I think the unfortunate situation of all of this is that the new stadium only holds 11,500. And clearly, that stadium should have more seats. And I, I think you've said before that it can be like expanded to hold more, but can it have 15,000? Like, can it grow that I don't that know big? the answer to that question. And uh, that's something I'll have to ask the the PR folks if I get a chance to talk to them. Because it, it just it feels like it would be a missed opportunity. All it really is going to do is drive the prices up next season. If It already has, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it already has. And it makes it to where people who don't care about the sport aren't going to go. I mean, I think throughout this season, I've known people who are like, hey, are you going to the KC Current game? Because a lot of people do know we have a podcast, but they don't realize I don't go to, I only go to a few games for each of the teams each season just because our kiddo doesn't love watching professional soccer. So I really don't get to a lot of games, but people that don't even care about soccer are attending the KC current games. And really, you're taking that out of the mix if the tickets are even more expensive going forward. Yeah, I agree. It's funny you say the thing about your kid causing our kid causing you not to be able to go to games, <laughs> which is true. Obviously, you could force her. We're the adults. We, but it's like, it's, yeah. I don't want to pay for a ticket for her to sit there and be grumpy and be miserable. Yeah. And not necessarily. Her friend texts her on, was it like Friday or Saturday saying, hey, are you going to the KC current game? Yeah. And then all, all her response was, no, I don't go unless I'm forced to go. And I said, <laughs> why don't you ask your friend if she's going to the game? That's probably why she's asking you. And she's like, oh, I'm like, the social cues of 11 year olds like they just don't know how to hold a conversation yeah i don't know i digress but i agree with you ticket prices are going to go up um i'm i'm nervous about it i'm happy for the women and i'm happy for the kc current having this first ever you know stadium for women's professional sports it's like purpose built for women's professional sports they're not just like a co-tenant or they're in an old building i think that's pretty cool but i'm nervous that the ticket prices and what's the parking situation going to be and the organization of shuttling people from parking garages or using the light rail or all the different things that are going to be going on it makes me a little concerned for what could be a mess down there and if you have a bad experience you might not come back but let's let's focus on tonight's game well uh, wait there was game. one other thing i was going to say to me it feels like, did they not have the confidence that they could sell 11,000 or more than 11,500 seats? Because to me, wouldn't it be better to have more seats and for the growth? Like, it, it just, 
to me, it kind of feels like they didn't have the confidence that they could sell more seats than the 11,500. Honestly, they might not have. I don't think they ever had 11,500 in attendance until this season and the stadium was already under construction. So you, I think you want to create demand, right? Scarcity creates demand. If there's a lack of supply, it creates demand. And maybe that's what they're hoping for. And that this is kind of like sporting. Sporting used to consistently sell out children's mercy park it was a sellout for like 100 some straight games at one point and then during this this struggle time it might have been the 2019 season actually where they they bombed out and missed the playoffs for the first time in this this recent history that they broke the streak like they didn't have a sellout and now they pretty consistently don't have sellouts hopefully they'll sell a decision day that would be sad if they can't fill that place up with everything to play for on the last day of the season yeah it's just sad I understand if they hadn't sold that many tickets before, but it's unfortunate going back to what we already said. It's going to take people out of the the interest of soccer because of the prices or potentially the experience if they don't have all their ducks lined up for parking and how that's going to work. And if it's overly complicated. And I think in Kansas City, we're very fortunate that all of our stadiums have parking right next to it. So it's not like in like in Arizona, um, the Diamondbacks didn't have their own stadium. It was downtown and you kind of had to find a parking well, they structure. Have their own they didn't have their own parking structure. Well, too. yeah, but I'm just saying like we're fortunate here that all of our stadiums come with a parking lot to park in. Yeah, they're going to have to do some education of fans and really get the word out. And it's it's going to be a different experience. I think a lot of people just instinctively drive to stuff where that's the Midwest. That's kind of how things work. And they're trying to do this like urban core of building a stadium, which I think is cool. But we'll this will be a good experience to see how it works because the Royals want to build like a $2 billion stadium, you know, in North KC or somewhere in that vicinity, maybe in downtown. And that this will be a good test if, if the city can't handle or the parking structures can't handle 11,500, then they're not going to be able to handle a much bigger stadium for the Royals. That's true. All right. Let's actually talk about the game. So okay. six goals. Like I said, it was a wild night. Goals by Izzy Rodriguez, Dabinia, Lola Bonta. What a celebration, Low Alexa Spanstra, who got the start. She had a goal and an assist. Uh, Cece Kaiser and Mimi Larson. But it wasn't always not in doubt, obviously, right? When it's six to three, you know that the Chicago Red Stars got some goals. So, you know, the current get up early, Chicago comes right back and scores like a pretty soft goal. Then the current immediately score again, and they're up 2-1. And then on the stroke of halftime, the worst own goal I can see in recent memory, and what used to make me nervous always about passing back to your goalkeeper, AD French takes her eyes off the ball and it rolls in slow motion into the net. And I just like screamed out in horror as it went in. I was like, what is happening right now? And, uh, you know, obviously they got going from there and stacked a bunch of goals on top of Chicago. And they look like a team that we've been promised all year. But they also did it against now the last place team. Chicago falls below them in the standings. So can you do that against a really good team? They beat Chicago 4-2 to two earlier this year. I oh, I don't know. Sheena, what were your thoughts on goals, own goals, the ups and downs of the game before they really put it away once the, the sporting game kicked off and we were trying to dual screen things? Yeah, I was only half watching. It felt like there was a lot of goals in that first half. And that was nice to see. I wish this was the team we had all season because maybe we would be in the playoffs. And I get maybe Chicago's just a bad team. So that could have had something to do with it. But 
yeah, there was some really good goals in that first half. It kind of felt like a lot of back and forth, if I'm remembering correctly. I also feel like yeah. I might be getting... I watched a lot of sports yesterday because I also watched the Mizzou game. And that last quarter in the Mizzou game, yeah, was a lot of back and forth. So I might be getting my games mixed up. Yeah, no, it was definitely back and forth because it was uh, one nothing, one one two one two two, And then, you know, at some point it just kind of got carried away in the second half. But four goals in each half, that's a... Uh, that's a lot of goals for a soccer match yeah. to see nine goals hit the back of the net. Actually, I don't even know if the one hit the back of the net. It went in so slow. <laughs> so, But you get the idea. Um, now, there's two things I kind of wanted to talk about uh, that we've been complaining about all season. And I want to add some new insight to. So, you know, congrats to the current. I'm glad they won this game. They got another game coming up here against Gotham. But the VAR situation in the NWSL. So... I learned that there was more long VAR situations that went on. There was a Dabinia goal that was taken away for offside, that she was clearly onside. And it seemed so obvious. I don't know what was taking so long. And I think part of it is NWSL doesn't have enough camera angles. And the thing I learned this week is that NWSL, I did not realize this. I read this from Meg Linehan in The Athletic. They handle their own production. So they only get $1.5 million per season from CBS, their partner. We've been picking on CBS all year going, do a better job, CBS. Get your act together, CBS. But it turned out NWSL handles their own production costs. They actually lose money on their TV deal in an effort to get their games onto television, Paramount Plus, etc. And only that's why they have no angles for replays. And I've been saying for a while now, you can't have VAR if you don't have enough camera angles. And Sheena, you posted something that I think you wanted to maybe go in the digital crawl, but I'm going to put it right here, is that the NWSL came to a new four-year deal with ESPN, CBS, Amazon, and then some of their scripts. I don't know what scripts is. Um, the rumor is it's at least 10 times an increase in income. So from 1.5 million, uh, I'm not great at math, but if that's times 10, that would be 15 million minimum per season. So hopefully that includes them handling their own production, those different media entities handling their own production, because because NWSL games just don't look or sound as good as what we're used to when we watch other sports. And that can hold your sport back long term if it's hard to see or make it out or VAR can't do their job right. But did you have any any thoughts about that, Sheena? Well, I definitely think that if they do take the these contracts with these other ESPN and all that, Amazon, whoever, something has to change. And it at least it, this gives a better background of why the games have been kind of awkward especially when they're doing var reviews like the camera over the ref's shoulder while they're watching it on a tv is just such a weird tv to watch so hopefully stuff like that would get fixed hopefully because that kind of stuff really it, it might be part of the reason I've really struggled to get into Casey Curran as much and I really do want to and I like being there at the games but watching it on TV it's just a completely different experience I don't hear the crowd a lot and it takes me out of the game it reminds me of watching USL games where there you just don't hear a lot of the crowd and it's just or like MLS the announcement Pro. Yeah, yeah, or that. I was thinking back to like Phoenix Rising when we would watch those games, or I guess back in the day, Swope Park, um, Rangers. Yeah, or SKC too. They were in USL yeah. two years last year, last season. I, I agree with you. I think that those games they they almost feel boring at times, right? Because yeah. the, the, the 
the announcer is the loudest thing you can hear on the NWSL games, and you can't hear the crowd, but you know the crowd is loud. I remember being at the the last record-breaking crowd for the current, and it was so loud. Like That was the one, I think, where AD French saved a penalty kick, and the crowd went nuts. And then when I was watching it back on the broadcast, you could hear them, but it wasn't anywhere close to how loud they were. It's like the crowd isn't mic'd properly or whatever is going on with that versus, you know, you'll watch an MLS game and sometimes the crowd is borderline too loud, but maybe it's just because they're so loud in the stadium or you'll hear those like stray fans yelling stuff and that's getting picked up because there's all these mics around the field and maybe they just don't have as many mics. I don't know. But yeah, I agree. Some uh, production it's, problems there. Yeah, it reminds me of like watching the news on like public access TV versus like ABC or whatever like it's just it's also the quality production like I don't know it it's probably they're not using as many cameras so there's not as many different views but I don't know I hope things change next season because it's Casey Current is such a bright light in women's soccer and NWSL has grown so much, I think, in the last few years just across the country. And I think if there's people only watching NWSL, they don't know better. Um, Where if we watch MLS and I'm even wondering, like, we don't watch anything or I don't, at least overseas, like any of the premier teams. But maybe there's even a difference between like the coverage of the premier teams versus MLS. Like maybe MLS isn't that great in comparison to some of the the teams across the pond. I don't know. I like how you keep saying the premier team. I don't know. Are you trying to say the premier league like in England? Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Higher level teams in Europe. Yeah, just the Europe teams. I don't know. Clearly, I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Sheena. Oh, man. That would be sweet. You know, honestly, I think when people tune into MLS, especially now that they've switched over to Apple, the quality is so good. The, 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 the 4K resolution or whatever, I don't know all the terms. The, just the, the high resolution of the games, the the quality of the, the camera work and the angles. There's not as many as something like the Premier League where there's just so much more money involved in it. But there's plenty of angles and they tend to, I was going to say they tend to get things right. But the referees still pretty, they suck pretty bad there. I'd say the refs are much better in the Premier League. That said, there's probably a bunch of Premier League fans that are like, no, the refs are terrible over there too. So uh, I, I digress. You were talking about I, how... Well, I was going to say when Sporting played Inter-Miami, we got some really cool shots because I think Messi, doesn't he have like 20-something cameras? Yeah. 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 So we need Messi cams for all the teams. They could even call it Messi cams. I don't care. But we need more angles. And really, maybe maybe the solution to all this is NWSL should just go to Apple TV, and then that would maybe boost the quality. Apple would have to want them. And I do think there would be something to that. It's obviously, that's not what the deal sounds like it's going to be. But if you had Apple in charge of production, I think that could be pretty good because they, they've got their flaws. It's not a perfect process, but this is also the first year they threw it together on the fly. They built this thing out with like 60 days to go before the season started. So I think they've done pretty well, and I hope it only gets better from Apple. For sure. All right. 
So let's talk. You you mentioned uh, the value of the league is through the roof. I think this is a perfect transition. I'm not sure if you saw me put this into the rundown, but there was some stats that came out from this website, Sportico, and they valued every team in the NWSL. And the KC Current were the third most valuable franchise in the league at $75 million. Pretty good, considering it wasn't that long ago teams were being sold for next to nothing. Expansion fees were next to nothing. But the number one team, Angels, City, 180 million at literally half their value. Number two is the San Diego Wave at 90. Then, as I mentioned, the current at 75. Last year's champion, the Portland Thorns at 65 million, all the way down at the bottom, the Red Stars, who who just got defeated uh, at 40 million. But even them, that's not too bad. I think uh, the new Boston team that's coming in in a couple of years, they paid 50 something million to come in. So that's got to put them towards the top of the valuation. Bay FC, the new team in San Francisco, is going to be up high when they come in. And then what was even more impressive, I don't know where they're getting some of these numbers, is they're saying all these teams are turning pretty high. They're having pretty high revenue. So it doesn't say if there's any profit in here, but they have the current making $10 million. Angel City making $31 million. Uh, San Diego, $16 million. And down and down and down the list it goes. But $10 million bucks from the current, uh, the NWSL roster rules you can't spend nearly that much on salary obviously they're chipping in towards production they're building a stadium that's a hundred some million dollars so it's not like they're ranking in the money but they're investing in the women's game which hopefully they're seeing a return on their investment in terms of team value maybe we'll start seeing players sold from our teams to over the world or players coming from all over the world to more players coming from all over the world mm-hmm. so i thought it was pretty cool and i thought it's cool that the current were third overall out of the 12 team league I did too. I don't know that I would have thought that. I don't know what I would have thought had I not seen that. I saw that that stat on Twitter last night. So had I not seen it, I don't know where I would have placed the current. I also, I would have probably thought San Diego Wave was up high just because of Alex Morgan, but I don't know that I would have thought Angel FC or whatever they're called. Yeah, Angel City FC. Yeah, I I wonder too how much of this has to do with like, will the currents go up once their stadium is included? Is their stadium not included? Because Angel City plays at LAFC Stadium, San Diego Wave, like they're a co-tenant with San Diego State at uh, Snapdragon Stadium. So the current, obviously, the only team that have built their own stadium literally in the world. So once that gets open next year, maybe they climb even higher. They should, right? Their their real estate should be worth money. And I'd assume they're going to do other stuff in Inside that stadium other than however many games the NWSL announces they're playing next year. I think they're going to play more regular season games because they're adding two more teams. But I don't know, you know, what's going on. The Challenge Cup is going to be diminished. So it might end up being about the same number of games overall or less, which would be weird. I hope they, they play as many. But I think there'll be concerts and other things in that stadium, I, I would assume. Yeah, it would be a good concert venue. They also, maybe Angel City FC is so high because they have a lot of star power. So maybe there's a lot yeah, of money just in their ownership. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. And you would think someone like Chicago, who's in dead last, they were just sold. And they're bought by one of the minority owners of the Cubs, I think. I cannot think of her name. Oh, ugh, that's really bad. I want to say like the Ricketts family or something like that. But I'm not sure I'm getting that right. Uh, and you think something like that's going to help bring them up. So I don't know. I think it's uh, up and up. Things are looking good for the NWSL. Hopefully this new media rights deal just increases their exposure. We stop having, you know, challenge cup games that can't be hosted by the team with the better seed because of nonsense time slots available from CBS. I'm, I'm guessing this means a lot of the games will be available on something like ESPN plus 
which I already pay for to watch the UFC. So it'll be a, a win for me from cost perspective. Uh, Amazon, though, I'm assuming it's going to be Prime. Sheena, we cut our Prime. We might have to get Prime back just to watch soccer. <gasps> dang it, Amazon yeah. tricking me into buying your dang service. I know. We've been saving thousands not having Amazon Prime. Thousands because we can't buy stuff on Prime. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the 140 <laughs> or 60 or whatever the heck Prime costs now. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts about Sporting KC, the KC Current, or are we ready? to hit that digital crawl y'all let's just a digital crawl y'all all right you got the first item in the crawl about a little crossover from one of your favorite <sighs> bands and a soccer team that's sporting beating the u.s open cup last year yeah so i should have wrote down who on twitter told me about this so i apologize to the person who told me and i didn't write it down but I think by now, if you listen, you know, music is more my thing. So this week, it was announced that the lead singer of 311, Nick Hexum, is part ownership of the, I don't even know the name of the team because I don't have your rundown open. Union Omaha. Union, Union Omaha. Omaha, which 311 is from Omaha. There's They reference Omaha in a lot of their songs. So he's part owner, which just made me like him even more. And... If there are any other 311 fans out there, hey, Corey, if you're listening, but Nick Hexum has agreed in uh, part of his contract or whatever that he will go to one of the games and sing the national anthem. So I might be road tripping it out to Omaha. What would be a cool way to go see, right? Will they yeah. put on like put the whole whole band on a stage or something yeah. and like have 311 play the national anthem and make we a ever... whole double concert thing out of it? Yeah. Cool. Have we ever had a rock version of like because I feel like when people sing the national me. I'm not kidding you. I guess I'm <laughs> I guess I don't watch the national uh, anthem a lot. Rock national I've never been a rock I mean I think like, I feel Jimi like Hendrix playing the national anthem, you know? Like he's guitar. I, mean, I guess he's not out. singing. He's not singing, he's just playing it on his guitar. Yeah, yeah. I mean like have we had a full on band like could we get a three eleven rendition of the national anthem where it's just three eleven keeps their style, but they are singing the national anthem. I think it would be great. I think it would really enhance the national anthem <laughs> really bring it up yeah, yeah. I, uh, I can't off the top of my head i get what you're saying in the sense that there's a lot of it's just like solo it's singers acapella, out there occasionally, yeah. yeah occasionally there's a like a group of singers singing it or uh there's that guy that has like the operatic style that does the sporting or casey current games or the the comments and things like that and yes i think that's the majority of the type of people that sing it but i mean in the history of sports they sing the national anthem ahead of like every single game so you gotta I know, think but there's gotta be some instances i need some like heavy drumming i need some bass i need wh what i don't know i need i need the national anthem to be amped up a little bit and if anyone's oh, gonna boy. do it 311 at the union omaha game is the perfect opportunity for this as a thank you to omaha because i gather they love the city so much or at least nick hexum does i don't know yeah well, it'll be interesting to see what that what rendition they have or if it's just him out there singing solo <laughs> and no 311 style music behind it i think of them as like a very chill band i don't think of them as like amping things up but well i mean you know. i think it depends on what album of 311 you're listening to they have a lot Fair of enough. chill songs i feel like the chill songs are more on what's on the radio but i don't know we'll Which see probably why i think the way i do i'm uh, i don't uh, own any of their albums so sorry yeah, 311 that's supporters. on you my 
my little brother played them to death, so I was always <laughs> tired of them when I was a kid. You know how you say, Sheena, that songs were so overplayed 20 years ago or 30 years ago on the radio that you're still burned out on them? That's kind yeah. of how I feel about 311. Yeah, because All so the small things my... by Blink-182, I'm still burnt <laughs> out on it. Oh, don't don't disparage Blink like that. Okay, let's keep moving on this crawl. We're going to be the <laughs> longest one ever if we don't. So next up, we got Jean-Luc Abuzio, former Sporting KC man. He scored for Venezia in their 3-2 win over Parma the other day. Venezia is just two points out of first place in Serie B, so they're looking to get promoted back to the top flight of Italy. Speaking of Buzio, he, along with Sporting KC goalkeeper John Pulskamp, were called up to the U23 U.S. men's national team. That would be for Olympic qualifying. So that'd be pretty cool if I, I kind of like that uh, Pools Camp and Buzio and then there's like Paxton Aronson. There's a bunch of guys that have been on the full national team before, but they're going back to play for the U23s. I would love for the U.S. to actually perform well and you know qualify for the Olympics first off. Sometimes they don't even qualify. So to, to qualify, to perform well, and then to see some of these guys that are really young that are sometimes on the senior national team play for the U23s. Uh, Pools Camp's probably second at best on the goalkeeper depth charts because Chris Brady from Chicago, the Chicago Fire are right there. So we'll see. He's he's younger and kind of got that higher ceiling or people think he has a higher ceiling at least. But hey, I'm happy for John. Happy for Me John. Too. And uh, let's hope that works out for them. Uh, Gotti Kinda also called up this time for, again, for his full national team, second straight call up. Marinos Janis not called up for those wondering. So Sporting have the weekend off. It shouldn't affect their games at all. But Kinda is going overseas. No one else besides Pools Camp who will be uh, playing in Phoenix because those U23 games are in Phoenix in the Phoenix Rising Stadium to bring them into the podcast twice. And then finally, Sheena's favorite segment of the Digital Crawl, our Lionel Messi updates. Oh, you should see she sighed deeply whenever <laughs> I said I don't know if it was captured on my microphone, but yes, it was a deep sigh. Hey, at least he played on Saturday. Unlike these last few times we've talked about him where he's been on the bench. Yep. And you make the segment longer than it has to be because you, you fight back every time. So first off, he didn't play in their midweek game against the Chicago well, Fire. Well, he played they Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But uh, I'm just talking about the one he didn't play in. So they lost 4-1 to one without him. And Chicago actually had sold over 60 thousand tickets for this game and then Messi didn't play but they capitalized because of those people they, they got to come out to the game uh first off they got to see Chicago win 4-1 which is great like you want to put on a good performance in front of your home fans two they offered $250 off 2024 season tickets which I thought Dang. was pretty clever so they're trying to get them into their same they play in Soldier Field where the Bears play so they have a lot of room so they could really do with some higher attendance because uh, they they moved out of their their stadium that was you know off in the suburbs wherever um, or if you don't want to buy season tickets you can get 50 dollars off a single match ticket for next year because they surely price gouged these people to get them to yeah. come out and, and he did they get to watch him <laughs> like it's, i laugh but it's also bs and i hate it so um, wasn't there anyway. also a concert i swear they oh, had gosh, like a special know. guest i did they no were level like of research other than oh that. they kept hyping it up online that there was going to be a special guest or a band or i don't know what it was okay All well right. never mind Here, well here's some partial information for y'all all right <laughs> and then 
More important, as Sheena said, Messi did return, but it did not matter. They lost one nothing to Supporter Shield winning FC Cincinnati, and Messi and Miami are out. They are not making the playoffs. My prediction that I was getting a little nervous about when they were on such a hot run that they will not win MLS Cup now will come true because they will not be in the playoffs, even though, quote, everyone gets in, as I was saying all season, and Sporting may still get in. Uh, it won't be Miami. They won't be winning. 2024, all bets are off, man. Who knows what's going to happen next year? But if you're worried, though, oh, Chad, I'm so glad that you're, this happened and, and Messi didn't make the playoffs. Now you don't have to hear about him every week. There is a documentary coming out on Apple called Messi Meets America. It comes out this week on October 11th. So I told Sheena, I was like, I'm going to watch it and then report back out on next week's podcast. And she was so annoyed with me. Well, so I feel like you're that. spoiling it because we talked about this Messi thing on Twitter and people seem to be about half and half they like the messy coverage and they're more along the lines of me but i feel like if you come on here and talk about messy and that documentary you're ruining it for people and i know you don't like having things ruined for you so i think you could come on here and say it's a hit you should watch it or it's a bust don't watch it but i don't think you should get into the weeds I'm not a spoiler. What's there to spoil? The game's already happened. What are well, we talking about? He may or may not like be Rexham? coming to America. Don't talk about when no, he is in America. What are you talking about? <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> he meets America. He's here. Yeah, I know. America. This isn't Eddie Murphy. All right. Oh, uh, gosh. Anyways, it's like, am I not allowed to talk about Wrexham either? Because their documentary is a year behind. And, you know, I don't want to spoil what are, may or may not happen in the 2022-23 Wrexham season. Well, maybe there's little nuggets unrelated to the game that you would be spoiling for people like maybe you learn some tidbits on Wrexham about Ryan Reynolds or um I Rob McElhaney Rob, I know. yeah I like Rob McElhaney you couldn't think of his name <laughs> I know and I love it's always sunny it makes me sad every time I can't think he just doesn't look like a rock to me I don't know so random. All right, let's talk about the schedule for the next week. Uh, so Sporting KC is off. The U.S. men's national – it's international break. So the U.S. men's national team are in action. They are hosting Germany in Connecticut uh, Saturday, October 14th at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. The KC Current, as we mentioned, will play New Jersey, New York, Gotham Sunday, October 15th at 4 p.m. And then – like we said, Sporting don't play again until two weeks from this last RSL game. Decision day at home. All the Western Conference teams will kick off at the same time. So that'll be pretty exciting. Sheena, what? What do you got for me? Well, we don't have time to talk about it because I'm hu- I'm starting to get hungry. But I wanted to know, and we could talk about it in the next episode and keep people in suspense. Did you vote for the awards for Sporting Kansas City? We did vote. Yeah, that's a good show. I did we, too. Okay. What a transition. Because Sheena, you know what I was about to do? Tease what we're going to do on next week's podcast. Oh, so okay. Well, we're, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about that. So let's not forget that between now and then. That's on you to remember this. Uh, I did get a media vote. I don't know if you got, you probably don't get a media email. Did you just do the yeah. fan vote? Yeah, I just did the fan one. Why would I get a media I one? I'm not the media. Uh, podcasts, like kind of the media, uh, Sheena. I keep telling you, you can. I'm, you better go to media day with me next year. All right, I'm not. I digress. <laughs> Everybody, we're gonna work on Sheena. We're gonna get her to media day. It's Anyways, not gonna work. The other thing we're gonna do on next week's episode. This is for the two of you that listen to the very end of these incredibly <laughs> long podcasts. Is 
we're going to play fantasy sporting director. Obviously, we're going to talk about the KC current, right? And we, we can do it for them as well. But the big thing we're going to do is before sporting do or don't get eliminated from the playoffs next week when they play Minnesota United, since there won't be a sporting game to talk about, and these podcasts tend to focus on sporting above all other things, I'm going to make Sheena and myself go through and look at every single player that's out of contract or could be out of contract and decide, are we keeping them? Or are we getting rid of them? And then we want to come up with a list of players that maybe not players we want to sign, because I, I know that you and I don't know enough about the world at large to go, we need to sign this specific player from this small European team that no one's ever heard of. We don't know that, but we could say maybe the type of players that we want to sign and Sporting KC and every MLS team for that matter, get one buyout per year. So we're going to decide who are we buying out in this offseason that won't count against our salary cap? Who are we paying to say, enough of you, go away. Don't say it now, Sheena. I see you about to open your mouth and run it. This is called I feel like No, I feel like us and everybody who is a Sporting Kansas City <laughs> fan <laughs> has the Don't same thing. Don't say it. I understand. Also, can we talk on the next podcast about how you want to attend a U19 game and how kind of creepy oh, that is? five minutes. You think I can make it to it? No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to watch the U19s at some point this year. All right, I need soccer in my life all the time. If you've made it this far and you have not already, <laughs> please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Tell your Kansas City soccer friends to listen to. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get us anywhere you find the good podcast. Just search for the Glory KC. Hey, why you do you follow- say the good podcast every time? Oh, I stole that from Pablo Torre. I like Pablo. He's a he's I a don't know who guy. that is. Yeah. Well, other people might. Anyways, okay. I steal all kinds of things. I'm just plagiarizing left and right over here. <laughs> you can tweet. You can tweet at me or reach me at Play for Ninety on Twitter, or you can reach us and really mostly Sheena at For the Glory KC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Threads, or email us for the Glory KC at gmail.com. And here is Twitter conspiracy with the KC Collar to play us out. Take care, everybody. Bye.